All right, football fans. Well, we promised you English football content, and we are delivering. This is the World Cup Match Day 1 through 3 recap. On we have live from neighboring Bahrain, Naif Fahed. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, of course, uh, as we all know, uh, Naif is a Saudi national, and we will absolutely, absolutely get to that game, one of the best games in World Cup history, one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history for many reasons, but we're going to go ahead and start with the first game, uh, Ecuador uh, beating the host Qatar 2-0, this was the first ever um, host team to not uh, win their opening day match. A little embarrassing, but what did you see from this game? Man, I just, uh, I mean, I, I never thought Qatar really stood a chance, to be honest. Uh, I expected more out of Ecuador. Uh, it seemed like they just had that one uh, lethal striker in Valencia. It's been killing the Turkish league. Um, but yeah, Qatar had a couple of opportunities, man. They had, they had one, like, Right outside of the goal, just the goalie and uh, one of the one of their forwards they missed. And then uh, another thing, I didn't know Sully Montari is playing for Qatar. Uh, he had a nice shot that almost went in. But yeah, outside of that, outside of those two chances, I didn't really see much from Qatar. Um, I told you last time that Ecuador would be moving on. I mean, getting a win is great, but they didn't look great. So I, I don't know. I have my reservations on that, to be honest. That's yeah. What I yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Inter Valencia had both of the goals, and he became an instant uh, the hero. You know, he had the whole first day of the World Cup to himself. Um, he played really well. I didn't even expect him to do that well. I was focused more on Stupinian, Caicedo. I thought those guys were going to be well, but like you said, uh, Inter Valencia doesn't he play for uh, Bashiktas or something like that? He plays yeah. for yeah. Turkish. Yeah, yeah. So he is in a very respectable team in, in Europe. So he did very well. I thought, like you mentioned, the Qatar offense got it going in the second half. They had some uh, pretty decent chances. Um, that one where it kind of just sailed over the goal on the hop, uh, and yeah. then they had some nice headers. Um, they had their chances, but they just couldn't finish. You know, they, they, their finishing wasn't great, and that was really the, uh, the difference in this game. So we'll move on to the bludgeoning. England beating Iran 6-2. to um, my first note on this game, and then I'll give it to you. So, uh, Henry or H- Harry Maguire, um, having started only three games for Manchester United this year, started this game for for uh, Team England, uh, and Trent Alexander Arnold, um, who, in my opinion, is one of the best attacking defenders in all of England in the English Premier League, one of the star players on Liverpool. Did not play at all. Did not even sub in this game. And they had plenty of opportunities to sub him in. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting move. We'll see. You know, it, maybe it doesn't really matter against Iran. But we'll see, um, you know, how they pull these rotations as the uh, tournament moves on. What, what did you think of this game? Yeah, I think you might have uh, backed the wrong Muslim country, man. Um there was no do 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 Iran going on in that last game. But, oh, there uh, there were chants of do 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 Iran. I heard them. I couldn't hear them <laughs> over the goals. Uh, no, honestly, 
England are who we thought they were. You know, they're dominant. Uh, I didn't see I, Jude Bellingham. Incredible, first of all. Um, good, good on Elon to score those two goals, but I don't know how good your competition is if Harry Maguire and Ryan Sterling are playing that well, to be honest. Um, but I did see a lot from England. Um, I, I hope they can keep it up and make your prediction right with them bringing it home, but I don't know, man. It's just England feasting on a bad team. That's what I saw, to be honest. Yeah. Well, but, prop, but props to Elon for not quitting. That's props true. Props to Elon for for being able to score those two goals. You know, any other team probably would have folded. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's early in the tournament, but talk of feasting on bad teams. There have been a lot of good teams in these first uh, three days that haven't feasted on bad teams. So there is something to be said about how, how they're finishing. England's yeah. incredible offensive weapons. You mentioned a few of them. Jude Bellingham was not even in the EPL, um, but it was incredible. Raheem Sterling, you know... As much as he gets maligned, he was great at Manchester City, and he has started to come on at Chelsea, and he played well today. He had two goals, could have had a third if he wasn't subbed off. Um, Saka, Rashford, Grealish, all scored. And that means there are more goals coming for Harry Kane and Phil Foden and Callum Wilson. Not to mention Trippier being one of the best at set pieces and delivering quality balls. I just think this team is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Um they're absolutely stacked. They're stacked yeah. Absolutely, and after these first three days, I'm still I'm even more convinced that they're gonna at least make it to the final or at least the final four. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Iran they didn't give up. Uh, Taremi was very he's a very formidable striker. I have to say, uh, I think he'll have more success against uh, the U.S. in Wales. He already had two goals in this game. I know they were late in this game, but. Uh, there was a great you know, strike there that hit the, the, the top of the post and went in and converted on the penalty. Not everyone converts on penalties, as we'll see later in, in, this, in this podcast. Um, one, one note I'll, I'll mention kind of outside of the game. So uh, Iran seems to be distracted by what's going on with their, with their home politics uh, for a number of reasons. Um, one, they, they, they showed them during the national anthem. None of the players were singing the national anthem. Uh, it seems to be a sign of protest. And then after, in, in the post game, they were also, um, uh, you know, they had alluded to the strife that's going on at home, talking about something about like a rainbow or something like that, alluding to, you know, power to the people against the government and, and things like that. So there is absolutely uh, things about this team that are not related to football that is um, distracting them. And it's it's tough to see because, this comes only once every four years, and the fact that they got in and are able to have an opportunity here, I hope they can refocus against the, the U.S. and Wales. So we'll move on to the Netherlands beating Senegal 2-0. Um, I thought Holland had a, a, a strong defense, uh, especially to start this game. Van Dijk and Ake, you know, they showed that they're high-quality defenders and kept everything out of the goal, and that kind of set the tone for this game. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of went as I predicted. I, I had a, we, we have this uh, fantasy group called Kuda Kings where you select the winner and the score. I actually had it as 2-0 Netherlands. So, uh, yeah, in the beginning it looked competitive. It looked like Senegal's going to put up a fight and it might come down to the wire. But there towards the end, uh, I think Holland's talent really just showed out and, you know, they scored those two goals and, Senegal really couldn't mount any attack. I think I think they're really suffering from not having uh, Sadio Mane. 
out there on the field. Mm. I think with Mane, they would have had a chance because it seems like that's all they're really missing. Uh, but yeah, Netherlands mm. look good, man. The Dutch look really good. Yeah, That's what I took from that game. Yeah, you know, despite this being a 2-0 game, uh, this was absolutely a defensive battle. It was scoreless up until the 85th minute. Um, another takeaway I had is that Edward Mendy, the Senegal goalie, he was once a world-class goalie, and I don't really see him as that anymore. Uh, I think he makes a lot of mistakes. That second goal he could have had, it kind of just bounced off of him, and uh, the guy you know, rebounded it into the, um, into the net. That's not yeah. a move a world-class goalie should make. Um, he didn't get a lot of burn, too, this year. I mean, he was hurt at times. Uh, if you follow the APL, I'm sure you noticed that. But even for Chelsea, he hasn't been playing well. Yeah. All year, to be honest. He got replaced by Kepa, so he's not even the starter right now. Um, I think he's going to start declining. And even, you know, maybe I may be biased, but even when they played against uh, Egypt, um, he wasn't that... He wasn't that special. I mean, they didn't give him a lot of opportunities, you know, like they have a good defense. But um, Also, another note on Holland. I guess it doesn't really matter again because this team isn't that formidable. But um, Depay didn't start the game. He didn't come in maybe until the 65th minute or something like that. I'm not sure I'm not sure why. I guess they, they believe in some of these other younger guys on their team. But um, we'll see if they're going to start him as the, the tournament goes on. Uh, moving on to Team USA, tying Wales one to one. It's weird to talk about ties, huh? But um, US had some great chances in the first half, and they should have had three goals, man. I mean, they they really, you know, there there was that real really close header. There was another strike really close to the goal where, you know, they just hit the outside of the goal instead of in it. Um, and I thought overall they squandered this game and and had a big opportunity here. What did you think? Exactly, exactly, man. My sentiments, exactly. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not super plugged into USMNT, but I didn't know that George Way's son was playing on that team. That's crazy. Uh, he scored their only goal. But yeah, I think I think uh, the US just gave up two points, man. They should have three points after this game. Uh, of course, Gareth Bale's going to secure that penalty. Um, I think Wales are lucky to come out with one point. To be honest, but I th- I still stick with my prediction of uh, U.S. coming in second in this group. Uh, looks like England and U.S. are the favorites if the U.S. can capitalize. But Wales still have a chance now. I think Elon's out of it. Uh, that's what I saw really a game that the U.S. should have won but did not. Yeah, you know, as far as you know, if we're comparing predictions here, the fact that the U.S. and Wales uh, tied this game actually. Even though Iran conceded, you know, six goal, you know, they have a four goal differential at this point. They still have no other team that has three points other than England. So if Iran can seize these next two games, it kind of it's kind of a best case scenario compared to where it was for for a long point, a long time during this game. But um, yeah, man, dumb penalty given up with ten minutes left in the game. I mean, he he went through him. You know, we'll talk about this more later. There have been a lot of que- questionable penalty calls. But this was like the, the most clear penalty call. You can't like play through a player like that, put your leg through a player. Uh, Matt Turner, the uh, USA goalie, I thought he played surprisingly well. Um, other than that one header, very, very late in the game, at the end of the game where he came out a quarter of the way through the field and um, had like an anxious retreat back. And um, 
that player, uh, Acosta, had to um, get a yellow card and, and, and tackle Bale though to, to to prevent like uh, a goal from like half field. Um, Kiefer Moore for Wales. He's like this. What is he like? Six four, six five. Uh, Welsh striker uh, came in in the second half and really gave him a spark. That's when they actually started to put shots on goal. And I would be surprised if he didn't start the next game. I think he really should. Um, and like you they mentioned, need the attack. What's that? They definitely, they definitely need the attack. I yeah, feel. big time, yeah. big time. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, Bale, he got it done, but he isn't the same player he used to be. Um, even the penalty, if you notice, was was touched by the goal. Yeah, they have those boom mics right next to the the goal, and yeah. I I heard it before I saw it. And it looked like he had stopped it, but it, it, there was just too much momentum on it, and it it went in. So um, I just don't think he's – I don't think he's the same player he was. I remember him being a great player, and now he's kind of older. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, another peripheral point to this is – you know, I mentioned this before. I like how the Americans don't dive as much as the rest of the world, except for uh, Pulisic, who – has learned acting from the best of them on on Chelsea and you know playing against Manchester City and all these teams that love to dive. Uh, so that's one thing I respect about the American team, if nothing else. Yeah. All right, moving on to the game of the tournament. So, oh, the beating Argentina, Ethnin Wahid, floor is yours. This is this is the score scoreline we expected, right? I mean, we we all we all thought Saudi'd come out with these three points, dude. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's insane. Um, nobody believed outside of the players, and I'm, honestly, I don't know if all the players really believed. But <laughs> outside of the players and uh, the coach, I don't think anybody believed. And then not just that, man. I mean, the energy was just insane. Um, I saw a lot of comments where people are like, Saudi paid off the refs. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, those offsides are not debatable, you know, with that whole new technology. And then I, I, I actually felt like there was a bias in favor of Argentina. Uh, their their first goal that, you know, we talked about this on the group. Oh, well, we talked like about a, it all, right? Yeah, it looked like a clear dive. Um, man, you got to give it up to these guys. They, they played their hearts out. I, I feel like... You're either rooting for Saudi. I mean, Saudis were rooting for Saudi. The Argentinians were rooting for Argentina. Everybody else who was neutral was also rooting for Saudi. <laughs> it's 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 a crazy underdog story. Uh, even I mean, we were talking about it during the game, dude. Even after we scored that second goal, I think I said I'd still be happy with the point because it just seemed like the ref wanted Argentina to score, and with all that extra time that he gave them and. You got to give it up to the goalie. The goalie was unbelievable. Oh yeah. Honestly, the whole team played. In- can't single out a single player and tell you that this guy didn't play well. Everybody played well, and I think it took everything just to secure those three points. Uh, if you change anything, it would have been a different game. It's easy. I mean, prior Saudi teams would have folded after that first goal, and they just kept coming, man. They just kept coming. They just kept stopping them. That high line was incredible. And dude, Argentina got lazy, man. They got lazy because they could have, they could those those could have been goals if they just delayed it by like a tenth of a second. Any one of those runs, but they kept cheating. And you know, thank God for the technology because I feel like in other World Cups, some of them would have probably counted. You know, they were that close. Uh, nobody saw this coming, man. 
three over three years without a loss. I, uh, I think they went thirty six games since that last loss, and they lost I mean, to Brazil. Then they just lost to Brazil of Asia, though. And, uh, <laughs> dude, we're we're all on opium here, man. It's crazy. Uh, I should be at work today, but we're all off. The king gave everybody an off day today. It's national holiday. The energy is insane. And uh, props props to Saudi, and I'm sorry to the whole team. Uh, I did not see this coming. I doubted you guys. Even when we were up 2-1 in extra time, I doubted them. But yeah. they played a heck of a game, and uh, hopefully we can advance to the round of 16. Yeah. You know, n- n- everything you're going to hear from me here is exactly what you heard from me in the group chat. I was fired up, man. I was up at 5 a.m. watching this game. And you're absolutely right. The ref didn't want to give him a chance to win this game early in the game. I mean, that penalty was one of the worst awarded penalties I've ever seen. And the fact that they're, they waited so long to look at it, and the ref ran to that, that, that VAR station to go uh, look at it. The guy in Argentina very clearly dived. And all these Argentinian players, they all dive, and they all act, and it's just, like, really embarrassing. And so, you know, I was thinking to myself, man, there's already a favorite. Everyone wants a Messi-Ronaldo World Cup. They're really, really trying to, uh, t- to fix this game. And all the social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff, they're pushing. Once Messi got that goal, everybody was just ready to, like, to, to push out all that media about Messi. Uh, and then they were like, yeah, okay, well, Messi got his – it can be 1-0. We can rest the rest of the game. Nothing else is going to happen. They continued playing that high line. There were like four uh, four instances where it absolutely should have been a goal for Argentina, but they held that high line. And that kind of discipline from that team is something you see usually from like elite elite teams that have been playing together for a long time. And I, I figured out, somebody said nine of the 11 starters play on, what is it, El Hilal or something? Eight of the Amazars, I believe. Yeah. Eight. Okay, so they know how to play together. This is a very similar situation that, that Egypt had in a lot of the Africa Cups. A lot of them played for Ahli. They know how to play with each other. You know, They know how to communicate uh, about keeping that high line. Um, but man, those goals, undeniable. You know, like some goals a, a ref can like take away from, from a yeah, team? These goals, yeah, they couldn't do it. There was yeah. no room for it. That Salimidosari, yeah. Salimidosari. That second goal was, inc- I, I think it's the goal, goal of the World Cup so far, oh. to be honest. Dude, he made him do the salsa. It was incredible, man. He yeah. went in and out and then boom. And then that backflip. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, yeah, yeah. legendary. Le- the stuff of legends, man. And, yeah, it, it, yeah go ahead. I was just going to say, I think some of these players, I mean, we might see one of these players end up in Europe after this World Cup. That would be he's, fun. He, he's, he's a prime candidate. That would be fun. That would be fun to see. And, you know, further talking about the way this ref officiated the game, six yellow cards for Saudi compared to zero for Argentina. You don't see that. I mean, that that sort of stuff shouldn't happen. Anytime Argentina committed a foul, it wasn't a card. Anytime Saudi did, it was a card. And also there were times where uh, Saudi was subbing players off that the ref was pushing the Saudi player to get off. You're not supposed to do stuff like that. And... um, after the, the Saudi goalie got fouled, he was he, you know he just yelled at the ref that he got fouled and he gave him a card. Yeah, card yeah. And um, all, if you if you notice, all the free kicks that were given to uh, Argentina were on the right side of the box, knowing that that's where Messi takes his free kicks. 
every single one of them. I think there were at least three of them, and he boxed all three of them. But they set him up so well to try to get that uh, another one of those free kick goals. Like you said, they extended the game by like an extra ten minutes. Even though uh, you know, I hope that guy's okay. That guy that got that head injury, but he was not down for ten minutes. He was not down for ten minutes. But they kept extending, extending, um, and it was just extremely, extremely impressive. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to what they what they do in the in the rest of the games here. Um, yeah, just a word, just a word on the defender man. Uh, thoughts and prayers to him. He actually fractured his jaw, broke three teeth, and has internal bleeding. So he's going to be out for the rest of the World Cup. Speedy recovery, man. Yeah, That's tough. just masvidal him, bro. He hit him with that flying knee. It was. Uh, it was, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that he he was throwing the thumbs up at the end, I was very happy to see that. That was one of the yeah. the, the worst uh, soccer injuries I've seen, like head injuries that to to get hit twice, knee to the head, and then bounce off. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, kudos to Saudi. I, I'm going to be very intrigued. Seeing what Saudi and Argentina does the rest of this tournament is going to be very intriguing to me. So, uh, one loser draw. We're all proud, man. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, and we'll move on to the uh, the other teams in their group. Uh, or no, this, these teams aren't in their group. Denmark and Tunisia. No, they're with Mexico no. and Poland, right? No, yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to uh, to Denmark and Tunisia, who tied today zero uh, zero. Um, just a quick note on this: uh, both teams had goals disallowed by offside, but to me, this was a defensive battle zero zero. Is a very unique thing that you really only see in group play in the World Cup. It's kind of an unsatisfying uh, result to me. But what did you think? Dude, Tunisia's goalie. Incredible performance. Incredible mm. performance. Uh, you know, going into the match, I was expecting uh, Denmark to win. But I was really, really, I was thoroughly impressed with uh, Tunisia's play, man. They were trying to attack. You know, they, they didn't get a lot of shots on target, but they really tried to attack Denmark, um, which could leave you vulnerable, especially if going up against a team that, that plays that well, you know, it's a team that beat France twice, as I mentioned last time. Um, but, yeah, the goalie was just incredible, man. I was, I, was, I was really rooting for Tunisia, and I'm really happy they were able to come out with a point at least. But, dude, they could have won this game. Could have came out with three. Could have gone any way. But I, I think they'll be all right with taking the point, especially when uh, – Everybody probably doubted them, uh, but I'm just happy for these Muslim and Arab countries, man. They're 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 doing their thing, you know. Especially after Qatar folded that first game. Yeah. Hope to see some more from Morocco today, shortly, a couple hours, man. That would be crazy if they do to yeah. Croatia. Croatia is no joke. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. A lot of these Arab teams, man, they have great goalies. You know, like that's a thing. You know, like that's what they pride themselves on, like having great, great goalies. Uh, Egypt too. I'm going to talk about Egypt because I, I'm Egyptian. I wish they were here, but they also have an amazing, amazing goalie who stopped multiple uh, PKs during African Cups and things like that. But I love that they, they know that that's so vital to this game to have a good goalie, and they're really focusing on it. Saudi, Tunisia, uh, uh, teams like that. Uh, Jibeli, the, uh, the the Tunisian striker. I think he's a very, very solid striker. He had a lot of chances. Uh, that offside goal was his. There was another chip that Casper Schmeichel just barely touched, and there were two or three more where I think he, he should have scored for sure. Um, as he continues to focus, hopefully he puts some in. Um, Denmark missed some sure goals in this game. I mean, that one, 
that one header that is all over social media now that nobody was in front of him. He was right. He was inches from the goal, and nobody was in front of him, and he headed the ball, and I guess the, the, the ball was just spinning too much, and uh, it just spun right off bro. his it's head. It's the butterka, bro. It's the butterka, bro. I guess. Yeah, yeah, Allah put a wall there in front of him, I guess. <laughs> it was amazing, but... Um, yeah, both. You know, I, I thought both goalies were a Mets. Uh, one is to be expected. Casper Schmeichel, he's a, he's a world class goalie, but the Tunisian goalie, like as, like you mentioned, has has really started to um. I did not know to him emerge. I knew nothing about him honestly, yeah. but now he's on my radar for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and one final note on this game, I thought the uh, the Fox announcer here was pretty bad. As I was watching some of this game, uh, don't do that, man. Why would you do that? I, I'm not gonna say anything. I just thought they weren't. There, there was like times where they they, they called the goal. And they were like, oh, go, go. And it was like clearly off, like they had already called offsides, but the announcer was still <laughs> celebrating the goal. And there were multiple moments like that. Um, I'm not going to say anything else. I, I just think I know, I know people agree with me. So yeah. we'll move on to uh, Mexico tying Poland uh, nil nil. <clears throat> Lewandowski missing the penalty here. Um, still doesn't have a World Cup goal what did you think in this game i hope we can keep it that way but it's gonna be hard uh yeah Lewandowski should have definitely hit that penalty it was a great save by uh this guy man who just seems to show up every single world cup mexico's goalie ochoa is incredible oh he's on the ground abdallah abdallah i think is on the call are you on here Hey, how's it going, bro? We have we have now uh, Abdullah uh, live from Qatar. Uh, he's been there. He's been to multiple games, and um, we were talking about the Mexico Poland game. But I want to just let you uh, talk about what your experience has been like there so far. Yeah. So. Amazing, amazing. And what what game what games have you seen live so far? Uh, I was at France versus Australia last night. Uh, the night before, I was at uh, what was the first game I went to? It was it was Senegal against Netherlands, and now I'm at Morocco. Morocco, uh, yeah, inshallah, man. Uh, Morocco against Croatia. Yeah, they got this man. Yeah, I see the guy behind you is like the most Moroccan guy I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it looks like they have like Moroccan designs like all across the... Uh... <laughs> yeah! Let's go, Maghrib. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. That looks just like uh, Anfield, bro. It's red, bro. It's just red. Sea of red. Oh my gosh! That looks like it looks like Anfield. Yeah, 
Amazing, amazing. Uh, Abdullah, w- what did you see in the, the Senegal-Netherlands game? I want to get your analysis of, the, of that game. Absolutely. It, it, tell, t- tell me about some of the crowds that you've seen there. You know, there's a lot of controversy coming into this. Oh, they're not going to sell alcohol. Oh, this is a conservative Muslim country. People are not going to enjoy themselves. What, what have you seen from the crowd? That's amazing, man. It's amazing to see that, you know, that people are focusing more on the soccer now than like being drunk at like an event, you know, that's what it seems like it is there. So I'm really happy to see that. And so the game we were just talking about was um, Mexico tying uh, Poland 0-0. Did you see any of that game? Yeah, well, I guess I stand a chance. Who is that? You don't think Saudi stand a chance? No, Saudi Arabia. Wow, wow! Like, how could you not be impressed with Saudi Arabia? These guys, they made their country proud. Like that was one of the most organized. Like they look like a prime Italy. That's what it looked like. It looked like a prime Italy organized. Everybody on the field seemed to know what their job was. Their and then when they attack, they attack with purpose. They, they knew exactly what to do in attack. Like they were set up very compact. They knew how to defend against the Argentinians. 
the high line, and they knew when they did have opportunities to attack, they, they attacked with purpose. So, yeah. man, respect to Saudi Arabia. And um, I don't know, they, they could be the Cinderella team. I mean, we don't know. Let's, yeah. let's make this an all-Arab, uh, all-Muslim World Cup, man. Let's let's do this, man. Hopefully Morocco takes us. Well, we're all rooting for Morocco down here, man. Absolutely. Abdullah, did you see any Saudis uh, dancing in the streets with their, their sifs? Uh, a thousand percent, yes. Yeah. There were Saudi flags all over the place last night. There cars beeping everywhere. Uh, it, was, it was an amazing experience. Wow. And there's an area called Al-Qalwaqid. Uh, it's sort of the market in Doha. It's the oldest market in Doha. There's a ton of fans all over there from Saudi. And uh, yeah, well, what an experience. I'm so happy for you. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're in Qatar, check out Abdullah's uh, video, man, for where to go in Qatar, man. I, I caught that. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to inject a little bit of humor into, you know, things. Yeah. No, definitely. And we de we're definitely gonna plug your. I know you said you've been vlogging it, so we're definitely gonna plug. We're gonna plug your your YouTube and your vlog here at the end. I wanted to just add about this uh, Mexico Poland game. Um, I thought Ochoa was. Um, you know, he didn't have much work during this game. I don't think Poland really tested him that much. But in that one moment where they really tested him. On that Lewandowski goal, he did an incredible move where he moved uh, one way to, tr to trick Lewandowski into thinking he was going to dive that way, and then he jumped the other way. And that's a tactic that a lot of penalty takers wait. They wait to see where the goalie is diving. So the, goal the goalie in Ochoa countered him in that way and dove one way and then went the other way. So that I, thought, I thought that was exceptional. Um, Mexico peppered uh, Poland, uh, the Polish goalie, Szczesny, with uh, shots all game here, especially early in the game, and he was up to it. Um, I thought Mexico looked like the better team overall, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and I, I think that they have, um, yeah, I mean, like all you guys have mentioned, I think this Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi, I mean, this is shaping up to be one of the best groups in this World Cup. And we're going to move along here to France beating Australia 4-1. Uh, Abdullah, you were at that game. I'm going to give you the floor here. What did you see there? You know, I'm a Real Madrid fan, and I'm not a huge fan of Mbappe, but I have to say, seeing that guy up close, I'm so impressed by him. Um, I thought Aurelien Kimeni looked so good. Once France went down, they sort of took over. Their midfield just had the know-how, the grit, the experience. They just seemed to be calm, and they knew that they had the talent, the experience to be able to win that game. They're a very versatile team. They don't have one way of attacking you. They have, one, they have multiple ways. They can go long balls to Giroud and use them as a target man. They can play balls out wide to Dembele and Mbappe. They have uh, top players in the midfield who can play the ball. Um, you know, they can break lines in the midfield. Very impressed by France. I thought they looked better than I thought they were going to look. I can see them going deep into the competition based on what I saw yesterday. And uh, Mbappe looked really, really good. Uh, Australia, you know, they did the best they could. I felt like they looked strong in the first half. But France just took over. Too much quality, too many good players, too many weapons. The thing is, if you put too much effort into trying to stop them from doing one thing, they have so many different weapons they can hit you with. So France, uh, man. So impressed with what they were able to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Nayef, what did you see in this game? 
I mean, France are exactly who we thought they were, dude. Uh, a lot of people were bummed out to see Benzema being ruled out, but I mean, we saw how France could look without Benzema last World Cup. You know, we 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 saw that result. We know the outcome. They looked dominant, man. And uh, I agree with everything Abdullah said. To be honest, they 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 are so deep. I can see them reaching the finals again. They keep keep this up. I actually had it as four zero friends. So I, I, I thought they would be able to put up all those goals. I didn't see Australia scoring at all, but yeah, man, France France looked terrifying. Yeah, you know, Australia had a great opening goal, I thought. And I actually think that when given the opportunity, uh, they strike the ball really well. And I think they did have some great opportunities to uh, as we uh, have a Moroccan fan here coming in out. I thought that they, you know, when given the chance, I think Australia can strike the ball really well. The only problem is um, they're not very creative and they get kind of sloppy with how they move the ball, especially on defense and through the midfield. So I think that was kind of, you know, and of course they're playing France. So, um, but France is tremendous at putting balls in the box and converting on those. Um, Mbappe had, like you guys mentioned, a few amazing touch passes, heel flicks, back heel flicks, and assists. I mean, that's where he really shown, honestly. Like, he is a tremendous goal scorer, but as a facilitator and his vision, that's where he excels. Um, like you mentioned, you know, now if, uh, Giroud wasn't supposed to start in this game. This That was Benzema's spot. But the fact that they had Giroud to come and play in this game with all that experience, did you guys know that Giroud has um, the second most goals all time for France, one behind Thierry Henry. He has 50 wow. goals for France, and Thierry Henry has 51. So there's a chance he becomes the all-time leading goal scorer for France in this tournament. Um, I thought he was tremendous. I mean, Giroud was like a really underrated addition to, uh, to this team as he was thrust into the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are the games so far. Um, you know, I have some overall takeaways, and we can just have you guys, you know, give your overall takeaways so far. Um, one thing I think is kind of interesting, you know, they have like a countdown before the game where they count down. Um, but it doesn't seem like the players wait for that. Like it's never been that they start at the end of that countdown. So I'm not sure why they have it or they're not in sync. And also in the England game, people were kneeling while Iran wasn't even paying attention to anything. I don't know. It, I thought that was kind of weird. But another thing that, you know, I want you guys both to, uh, to weigh in on here is, I think the refereeing has been pretty bad for being in the World Cup, to be honest with you, um, especially in those subjective penalty calls. Um, a lot of them have been very late, and it's one of those things that you just you have to make a split-second decision on a lot of these calls, and they're not doing it. They're waiting for you know sometimes a minute after, um, and it's starting to feel to me a little bit like, like boxing in that there's a lot of subjectivity and there could be manipulation from other people. Uh, what are your overall takeaways about, in general, the World Cup, but then also the refereeing? Uh, yeah, dude, I, I think the refereeing has just been absolutely atrocious, to be honest. Uh, we, we spoke about this earlier at Dudlow. We were talking about the Saudi game. I honestly felt like the ref was waiting for Argentina to score a goal, and he was trying to help them any which way he could. That whole penalty, we spoke about how it was a dive. There have been some questionable calls from these refs, to be honest, but that's my takeaway on the refing. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall takeaways for Saudi, man, I'm just happy. I feel like we're playing with house money. 
and I'm proud of our guys, whether whether we make it to the next round or not. And uh, it's still early in the cup to give you a much deeper dive when it comes to this, these overall takeaways. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that. Yeah. Abdullah. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I thought that penalty call was ridiculous. Um, there's no way that's a penalty. Like, um, the thing is, FIFA is always making, making these adjustments to the game. The offside rule, it's the first World Cup with uh, referees that are uh, women. Uh, they have new technology. Like, I, and I understand that, but let's not call soft things like that. Like, a little bit of contact in the box doesn't mean it's a penalty. So, um, I don't know. Let's see how this pans out. You know, I'm sure they're going to be talking to one another. But calls like that, they need to be having conversations, getting together and saying, hey, look, let's make sure that we're calling real fouls, not things that are soft. You know, it, it ruins the experience for the fans. Uh, we want teams to earn their goals. You know, we don't want people to be gifted goals. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that's going to conclude the uh, the uh, recap of match day one through three here in the World Cup. I really want to thank you guys for jumping on, Abdullah. I know that you have uh, been uh, vlogging a lot of your experience there. Do you have anything to plug your uh, your YouTube channel or whatever you're you're um, promoting it through there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm vlogging out here. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Get Away My Abs, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be vlogging. I'm actually leaving here and then going immediately to the Germany-Japan game. So that game is, I have like one hour to get from here to that other stadium. I'm going to vlog the whole thing. And, uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, good games and I hope Morocco wins, you know. I got what are your expectations? Right here. What are your expectations for these games? Uh, I think Germany wins. But I, I don't think that's an easy game. The Morocco game, I think this is going to be a tough game. I can see a draw. Morocco has a good team on paper. Um, but obviously, uh, Croatia has Luka Modric. They have some of the best players in Europe. But the question is, they're a little bit aging. You know, are they going to perform with a young, hungry Moroccan team that's very strong? And uh, they're young. And they're, it's going to be a very Moroccan crowd here. So, you know, let's see. Let's go, I Morocco. Think, uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Naif, do you have, you have anything to plug here? I have nothing to plug, but uh, go Saudi, go Morocco, go every Arab Muslim country. Now, let's do this. Let's do this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been the Football v. Football podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, and you can watch it on YouTube as well as support it on Kofi. Naif Fahed from Bahrain, but in Saudi in spirit. Abdullah live from Qatar. Thank you so much for joining, bro. We hope to have you on future podcasts as well. Thank you so much for joining, and have a fantastic day, football fans. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Thanks for having me, guys.